Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, two major railways are having a more difficult time filling hopper car orders, and the number of unfulfilled orders is increasing rapidly. The Ag Transport Coalition monitors rail performance on behalf of grain companies and various producer organizations and have expressed concern about the latest statistics. However, the Assistant Vice President of Grain at CN Rail, David Shednovic, says CN is prepared to move this fall's larger prairie crop to market. The company's winter rail plan has been released. The province of Saskatchewan celebrates Agriculture Month in October, a time to celebrate the industry and encourage consumers to learn more about the products produced right here in Saskatchewan. Farm and Food Care Executive Director Clinton Monchuk says the agriculture industry is thriving thanks to the dedicated individuals that make up the value chain and have a passion for producing healthy and affordable food. He says the public is encouraged to share their connection to food through the theme, hashtag Meals from the Farm. After the break, David Shednovic. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. David Shevnovic is the Assistant Vice President of Grain at CN Rail. And uh, David, there have been a lot of concerns about it being a larger crop this year and whether or not the railways are ready. So do you believe that CN Rail is prepared to move this fall's larger prairie crop to market? CN's 22-23 winter plan was just released this past week. That, of course, is on the heels of CN's grain plan that was uh, released at the end of end of uh, July. The winter plan's a little different insofar as it covers the movement not only of grain but of all commodities. There is a lot of grain-specific content in there. But to bring it back to um, CN's guidance on uh, movement of grain and processed grain products, um, we have, of course, a, a very important table in the grain plan that lays out maximum sustainable end-to-end grain supply chain capacity on CN for the movement of bulk grain and processed grain products. The reason that the guidance for winter is lower than for non-winter, the very key drivers, of course, the Port of Thunder Bay gets closed during the uh, the winter months, so we don't have that outlet available, and that takes a lot of end-to-end supply chain capacity out of the equation. And then, of course, you know, no, no two winters are like. CN takes a lot of measures to prepare for winter, but we also know that things can slow down when it gets cold and that, so it takes both of those things into consideration. For grain movement during the winter, when we lose the Port of Thunder Bay, CN's guidance, assuming that we have good balance across all corridors and that there's no major mainline disruptions, no impacts of COVID on CN's workforce or of the workforce of its customers, etc., during December through March, would be movement of 595,000 metric tons per week maximum, assuming corridor balance across all the corridors available for grain movement, and 548,000 metric tons per week without corridor balance. That's safe. Very heavy emphasis being placed on a single corridor in relation to the capacity available. CN has also increased its guidance on uh, the, the volumes that it expects to move over the course of the crop year, and CN's got the resources in place to move the crop over the course of the crop year. Initially, Back when we were writing the grain plan, knowing what we knew at the time about grain production and uh, other factors that drive total available supplies, we were expecting 
movement on CN of 24.5 to 27 million tons. We increased our guidance a million tons, so between 25.5 and 28. We'll see where the final crop comes in. We've also had some updated information on on farm uh, stocks as of August 1st that will influence overall available supplies. But that's where things stand with respect to the the plan for movement and anticipated uh, volumes. Last year, it was a quieter shipping season because of low production from the drought. The winter prior, it was a particularly harsh winter. Both were challenging in their own ways. Uh, What changes has CN made to handle the amount of grain that will be moved this year? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we've got the resources in place to move the crop over the course of the crop year. We know that no two winters are alike, and certainly the past two winters were, were evidence of that. And we also were reminded of just how fierce the impact of weather can be when we lost the main line in southern British Columbia for three weeks, and that took a big chunk out of available supply chain capacity. So there's things that we can control and things that we can't control. CN's made a lot of changes in front of this winter, in front of this fall and winter, really under the leadership of our CEO, our new CEO, Tracy Robinson. She's been with us since March Starting in April and May, we started making very fundamental changes to our operating plan with a real emphasis on running the plan and on-time train departure from CN's major rail yards for scheduled train service for both intermodal and and, uh, manifest trains. Those are scheduled. And that's really been driving improvements in network velocity, and it's meant uh, much better on-time performance for connections, you know, Trains got a block of cars has to make a connection from one yard to the other. The improvement has been substantial, and and that positions us very well going into the fall time. We've also implemented scheduled slots for bulk unit trains, such as for grain and coal, in key corridors, specifically Edmonton and Points West, to increase rail capacity and velocity. And part of that, as well, is to always ensure by identifying a number of locations where we can proactively and strategically stage bulk trains between Edmonton and Points West so that we always have a train in our pocket to launch into the network as soon as a slot becomes available that was unplanned or something else happens so that we can always keep the pipeline fully charged. So those are some very important changes to the operating plan that position us very well going into the winter. Of course, there's been other investments as well. We have 57 new high-horsepower locomotives. Our locomotive fleet will be higher than each of the past two years. Since the beginning of January to the end of June, we've added 850 people to the total employee count at CN, most of those being conductors and engineers, and we plan to graduate another 500 conductors by the end of 2022. And in some of those hard those areas where it's especially hard to recruit, of course, all segments of, of the North American economy are dealing with the impacts of of record low, uh, five-decade low unemployment rates. We also have the ability to use rules-qualified managers to protect train service in periods of extremely challenging weather as well as very high demand. So those are all very important initiatives, and that positions us very well, I think, heading into the winter months. How about the hopper car supply? Yeah, for sure. Hopper car supply. CN is adding another 500 high-capacity hopper cars during the 22-23 crop year. And in addition, recognizing that the winter plan covers all commodities, we are also investing in 800 brand-new high-capacity boxcars. That's very much focused in terms of pulp movement and forest products as well as other commodities. And those those new boxcars will come online in the first quarter of 2023. 
David Shednovic is the vice president of grain at CN Rail. After the break, Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Executive Director Clinton Monchuk. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. October is Agriculture Month in Saskatchewan, and the provincial government is highlighting the importance of farming. The executive director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan is Clinton Monchuk of Lanigan, and uh, he says that October is a time to celebrate the food that we eat. So, Clinton, uh, tell us about your organization and uh, how important it is to share our stories, our food stories, and in some of the contests and such that you have going on. It's very important, and, and you know, it's it's one of those privileges we have being in a the province of Saskatchewan, where we have vast land base, we have numerous farmers and ranchers who produce food in this this province, and the month of October gives us that opportunity to not only talk about um, amongst our the agriculture community, but to draw in the consumers that possibly have more questions about agriculture and celebrate, you know, the food that we grow here in Saskatchewan and, and the great meals that are put on our plates from the farmers and ranchers who grow them. And to drive home that importance of agriculture on the prairies, um, really quite surprising, Saskatchewan alone has 43% of Canada's arable land, so it is an important uh, issue here. Correct, yeah. We, we're really an agriculture powerhouse when you think of what we can grow, what we produce, not only for our own citizens here in Saskatchewan or, or the rest of Canada, but for really global citizens throughout the world. We, we are really a, a powerhouse when it comes to the, the production of food and uh, something that we really need to celebrate in this province. Saskatchewan grows a wide variety of crops. Uh, that's something that certainly has changed uh, just in the last number of years. You bet. If, if you go back in time, the uh, the ability to produce things like pulses or the the vast amount of canola, and previously it was called rapeseed, grown in Saskatchewan were, were fairly limited. It was predominantly a wheat province, uh, grains province, and now we've expanded and diversified a lot of our crops. So you can see the farmer investment in research and development back to the pulse side of things has been substantial and it's a, a great breeding program that has resulted in many more acres being switched into those pulse crops. And then the diversity of, of canola with uh, the investment that has been made, numerous different varieties, new genetics, and it just it promotes farmers to actually grow some of these different crops. And I, I think of my own farm and how we've really diversified our rotation on our farm, and it continues to diversify. So when some of your listeners drive out to the country, it's it's not just one one wheat field from road to road, it's it's a diverse crop of numerous different varieties, whether it's canola or flax or pulses and wheat and barley. It's it's really great to see the, the advancements that we've made. And with those crops, there's a lot of uh, niche crops that Saskatchewan has really taken the lead on, um, and one of those is mustard. You bet. And actually, mustard is a crop we grow on our farm now up here in Lanigan as well. And, and you know, when when some of the shortages of mustard that have occurred overseas and, and mainly in France, it comes back to the farmers here. And, and the question is, you know, are we going to be able to grow enough mustard to actually fit that demand for those who demand it? So, uh, yes, we are a world leader in, in mustard production and, and something that I, I think we take to heart and are very proud of here in, in Saskatchewan. 
So tell us, how has harvest been on your farm at Lanigan? It's going well. It's going well. It's similar to every other farmer. We have our typical breakdowns, but we should finish up actually today if all goes well. But yeah, everything has worked out well. We've had a fairly open harvest. The crop is coming off dry. We're not fighting with damp and, and rainy weather as, as much as we have been in previous years. So it's, it's, uh, it's been a good harvest season. Uh, yields have been uh, right around average. Some of our crops a little better, some of, uh, some of them a little worse, uh, but definitely my heart goes out to those who are on the western side of the province that have had a, a tough crop year, and, and we're definitely very thankful and blessed to uh, be able to have a, an average crop this year. And Clinton, finally, uh, tell us about some of the ways that we can celebrate Agriculture Month. The best ways I would recommend any of your listeners uh, is to take a snapshot of what you're eating, a Saskatchewan meal or a meal in the field, anything like that, and just post it on social media using one of the two hashtags, either hashtag meals from the farm or hashtag celebrate egg, both of which we will be following and promoting on social media. And there's a contest that we're running as well. So there's an ability for you to get a gift card should you be selected. Clinton Monchuk is the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. He also farms at Lanigan. This is the Agriculture News in Review for the week of October 3rd, 2022. There have been some changes made to the grain grade dispute resolution process. The Canadian Grain Commission said grain producers will now have more time to ask for a final quality determination in the event of dispute on their deliveries. Producers can now ask that a sample of their grain be sent to the Commission for determination up to seven calendar days after the date their grain is delivered. The amendments clarify how long samples must be stored and allow more flexibility for producers and elevator operators to decide who will store delivery samples and where. The price of farmland continues to rise despite higher interest rates. Strong farm cash receipts are among the factors pushing the price of land higher. FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais said farmland values were up 8.1% on average in the first half of 2022. Farm cash receipts climbed 14.6% year-over-year for the first half of 2022, although grain, oil, seed and pulse receipts were slightly lower in the first six months. Grain deliveries are rising as harvest begins to wind down and grain companies are keeping track of railway performance. The latest data shows CP Rail only supplied 61% of hopper cars ordered in shipping wheat 8, while CN Rail was at 83%. Rail traffic in and out of Grand Prairie, Alberta will be halted. A fire occurred at a bridge on a CN Rail line. A CN spokesperson said it was too early to say when service would be restored. The closure of the track not only affects grain, but other commodities like frac sand. Farmers continue to look for ways to manage on-farm waste materials in an environmentally responsible manner. Clean Farms says producers returned more than three-quarters of the containers sold into the marketplace last year. That's more than 2.25 million kilograms. The recovery rate measures the percentage of containers collected for recycling compared to the number of containers sold into the market that year. The Canadian Cattle Association has renamed its two industry-leading youth development programs. The Cattlemen's Young Leaders Mentorship Program will become Canadian Cattle Young Leaders. 
and the Young Cattlemen's Council will become the Canadian Cattle Youth Council. CCA said the use of the word Canadian strengthens its national identity when young leaders represent the industry at meetings and events around the world. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.